Hey guys, if you are a father who would like to have a deeper relationship with your son, if you have a son that you're trying to pour into and develop, if you want to help your son see the greatness that you know he has in his life, I've got a very special event coming up June 23rd through 27. We are going to be in Cleveland National Forest. My father's coming with me, Who my, the man who you hear me talk about all the time, who helped me become who I've become in life. We're going to be doing a father-son rite of passage event, Map and Compass Land Navigation. I'll be teaching you how to use Map and Compass in the exact same place that I learned in Navy SEAL training. This is going to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You'll, rem- you'll have these memories for the rest of your life. If you want to find out more, you can click the link in the description below. We've only got 16 spots available and we've already sold a few of those you can find out more at the impossible.life slash legacy navigators so maybe you think that you're not afraid you don't have fears in your life what's a future that you've imagined what's a future that you've thought of that's bad and you found yourself thinking about that future many times it's impossible let me tell you what i believe but your weakness is not your technique don't think you are. No, you are. The Impossible Life Podcast. I mean, you're sitting on a winning lottery ticket. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. This is the Impossible Life Podcast because Nick and I are attempting to live impossible lives. What we know is that nothing is impossible. So instead of using impossible as an excuse to not try, We'll use the pursuit of impossible as an accelerant for greatness. If something's never been done before, that just means it's unexplored. If they tell you it's too hard, it's just waiting to be simplified. Impossible is a default label used by uncourageous people unwilling to take a risk. The real truth is this. The solution to any impossible task starts with this question. If I had to, what would it take? What would it take? Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Life Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nick Surface, and I'm sat across from a man who was recently banned from the country of Mexico because he went down there and took a bull by the horns and headbutted it to death. That's right, friends. The former <laughs> Navy SEAL. <laughs> Garrett Unklebach, a man who doesn't believe in cliches and takes everything literally. Awesome. All right. Good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed that. I could, uh, you, you have a strange aggression with animals where you're like, I'm the apex predator. I don't care what, what like what, what you say I you think, are. I think like if you were going to go extra ridiculous with headbutting, you do a ram. Well, like, you remember that, uh, what was, it was a Mountain Dew commercial. Yes, wasn't it? I do that, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was such a good commercial. It was, but dude, headbutting. Anyways. Yeah. We're not here to talk about headbutting bulls, but we could go way down. But that Mountain Dew. Hole. But Mountain Dew, yes. Uh, our new sponsor. Our new sponsor, yeah. <laughs> do the do. No, we don't have a we don't have a sponsor. Actually, I we wouldn't do. take a sponsorship from Minnesota, but if Mountain Dew tried to sponsor us, man, I'd consider it. Would you really do? I don't even drink it, but they're just awesome. We, yeah, <laughs> but dude, we would never we, for the record, if if and when we do get sponsors, we would never sponsor have somebody sponsor us if we didn't actually use and believe in what it was. Yeah. That'd be very disingenuous. Anyways. I, I just could, I just love more, I don't love their product. I love their, their brand. Their brand. Yeah, I get it, man. I just think it's weird that of the two of us, you would be the one that's more likely to sell out. I think we, I think I could have won a lot of money on bets if we would have put that out to a user poll. <laughs> All right, guys, I am excited because today is part one of a three-part series on fear. Now, you know that this is only the second time we've ever done a multi-series uh, 
linked episode because we did leadership, which was obviously a huge subject. We've talked more about it. And fear is the number one limiter on your life. It's the limiter on your life, your potential, and your purpose. And truthfully, every single person in one way or another is battling fear. And I would say the vast majority of people are, um, I don't want to say losing because that sounds negative, but they're definitely being influenced. I'm talking about all day, every day by fear of some kind. And we're going to get into it. If you have limits on your life, they are related to fear. Yeah, completely. Yeah, completely agreed. You, you identified that early on in this podcast. And we actually did, uh, the original podcast we did was episode eight on fear. And in that, we identified four steps to get rid of fear. And, you know, I've listened to that episode since then, and I, we've thought more about it. And what we really wanted is to go deep with you. So this four-part series is going to go deeper into the steps to eliminate fear from your life because that's what we want. Oh, sorry, three-part series. There's four steps. Thank you, G. Three-part series is, is to go deeper to help you eliminate fear in your life. So let's start off. Uh, and, and by the way, this three-part series is sponsored by ourselves, our email. If you haven't <laughs> signed up for it, it's in the show notes. You, you don't even have to be on Instagram. If you are on Instagram, it's in our bio. If you're not on Instagram, just scroll down on the show notes, click sign up, you will get an email once a week from Garrett that's going to stretch your thinking in the areas of purpose, belief, and discipline. I edit the emails when he sends them to me, and I still am like, dang, this is good. Like, it's literally just there because it's great for you to have us in our, or great for you to have us in your ears, but it's a lot better if you can actually process and digest. Most people are visual. So if you have an email in front of you, a lot of people can learn and grow better that way. If you so. listen to the podcast regularly and you really like what we do, you'll like the email. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's you. So, you know, there you go. And it's a lot shorter, you know, it is. It's like a two minute, three minute read on yeah. the email. So let's jet fuel for the week. Anyways, gee, let's look back in time and let's go all the way back to uh, 2020. In 2020, 21% of U.S. adults experienced mental illness, which is 52. 21%? Yeah, dude, 52. It went up. I think it went up like, it, I, I should have looked at 2019. I remember I looked at this before and it's this significant increase. But think about that. 52.9 million people. That represented one, one in five. five. Yeah. yeah. Now listen to this. 5.6% of adults or 14.2 million people experience serious mental illness. And then it goes down and we could go in. This is according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So I'm not going to go through how many people received, received treatment, but it was like 64% overall. So very, very high percentage of people thought it was bad enough that they needed to go see somebody. What was the common theme in 2020, G? It was a little thing going around. Yeah, COVID-19, which if I could sum up COVID-19 in one word, fear. Oh, absolutely. It was, I it mean, was the fear disease. Oh my gosh. It was being broadcast. Virus. Fear was being mass produced and broadcast on every single channel. Everywhere you went, there was uncertainty. You remember people fighting over toilet paper? I they do. Were fighting over lots of stuff. Dude. Yeah. Every, every, there was scarcity was all over the place. People's businesses were being shut down. People were being arrested for trying to open their business. The, most of the major, um, Media outlets had a death counter. Yeah. Yeah. Just on their running constantly. Yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. They had it right there. So like all, if I, like I said, sum it up fear. So look at the results of that. That's why we're sharing this because the number one goal that we want for you today in this first part, the very first part is to know your fear. That's the very first step into, to get into eventually getting rid of fear. And it sounds obvious like, Oh, okay. But I'm telling you, man, we're going to get into this to show you all the different characteristics of fear, how it shows up, the science of it. And really help you drill in because I guarantee you there's areas in your life where fear is hiding and you are unaware of it. So I just want to make sure that we preface it with it so you understand why we're talking about this because COVID and this mental illness stat that we just gave and that's, is, is just a small example of the effects of fear. So here you go. Pop quiz, hot shot. Pop quiz. <laughs> Do you, let's go. I told you what the top three are, so I'm not going to tell you, but 
if you're out there, think about this. So they, they asked people, they took a survey. Uh, Chapman University did a survey for the top 10 fears of 2022. So this is very relevant. As we record, it is uh, March of 2023. So this, these are the top 10 in order. And people would say they are either very afraid or afraid. And so they did the percentage of people that said they were either very afraid or afraid of these things. Number one, corrupt government officials, which is very 2022. Yeah. Crazy that that's someone's top fear. No, I know. Like I, you could, I would call that a concern. Right. But yeah, number one. Well, number two is people I love becoming seriously ill, which I kind of, that one I, I saw sure. coming. Number three, and this is very topical, Russia using nuclear weapons, right? Number four, similar to number two, people I love dying. Five, the U.S. becoming involved in another world war. Six, pollution of drinking water. Seven, not having enough money for the future. Eight, economic financial collapse, which uh, at the time of recording, that is coming right back up. Nine, pollution of oceans, rivers, and lakes. And 10, biological warfare. One of those stood out to me. Like most of them are a descript set of circumstances, mm-hmm. but the one on not having enough money for the future, yeah, it's a very nondescript circumstance, right? Like what one, what is enough, and two, when is the future? That's fair. Yeah. So like what I'm pointing out is that like that's not even not even a described future. Right. It's just like I don't. It feels bad. That's like a perpetual <laughs> fear all the time, right? Like you, yeah, because yeah, you have no definitions on that. I'm just. Do, scared do you know how much you need? No but I don't feel like I have enough. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, how do you know? When are you going to run out of money? I don't know, but soon. But, and when it does, I'm going to be terrified. <laughs> and when it does, yeah. it's bad. No, we talk about this a lot. Number one thing, if you notice on all 10, and, and there's a reason why we're, we're putting these all out there. All 10 of those G would fall in the uncontrollable category. And mm. what we, well, I, I would say the not enough money for the future category isn't in the uncontrollable category. Uh, okay. Well, I, but g- continue. Yes, I'm, I I'm just, I'm just, you know, uh, being devil's advocate because we have some of those in our audience as well. Well, yeah, that's fair. That's okay. That's fair. But I would, uh, I would say the vast majority of those. the majority for and sure. I, I want to, make and the majority, and not even just from a survey, um, just anecdotally, the majority of people's surveys lie in the realm of uh, uncontrollables, right? If they're not also in the category of illogical, yeah, and, uh, yeah, and that's big time. And that's what we want you. We the biggest takeaway we want you to have is for you to be able to identify fear in your life because if you don't identify it, you'll never be able to get rid of it. So really, really key. Well, because just to address the uncontrollable thought process for a second, right? What'll rob piece of your life, piece in your life yeah. is focusing on all the things you can't control. Right? And there's a lot of things you can't control. Yeah, big time. But what, what will bring peace back to you is to think about all the things that you can control mm-hmm. and to do as much as you can with the things that you can. That'll bring peace back to you. And it'll also help you focus on, instead of focusing on the things you can't control, you'll focus on what you can and you'll see the impact that you can have with what you can control. Yes. I'm going to quote my great friend, Garrett Unklebach, because you gave me literally <laughs> one of the best quotes I've ever heard on peace, which says, peace comes not from knowing what will happen, but from knowing what you will do. Right. And I remember you said that to me and I was like, man, that's like the ultimate great succinct way of saying folks on the controllables, know your core values, be a regardless person. Because that's, that's most people's fear yeah. is related to that. Yes. You know, what we're saying is peace is not about knowing what will happen. Yeah. Right. Because that's what most people want. Yeah. Because their fears sure. are about, I don't know what will happen, but I think what's going to happen yes. is bad. Big time. And so that's their fear and they don't have peace because of that. And when those things that are robbing your peace are uncontrollables, right? Then you're never going to have peace. Yeah, big time. But so it's not about, you know, understanding what's going to happen, but it's knowing who you are. So that even if the worst thing happens, here's what I know is still right. Here's who, what I know about who I am. And here's what I know I'm going to do in any circumstance. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, 
a lot of people have walked through the things on that list have happened to people. Yeah. Like you're, you know, you're uh, a sibling or a parent dies unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. A child dies. It's like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. It's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Right. But you still, you, uh, I mean, you still got through it. You're still alive. Yeah. You can't, can, you can't control it and you can't change it, but you dealt with it when it happened. Yeah. Right. So you don't need to prepare and practice for some of these situations that are the worst situation when it arises, if it ever does, you'll deal with it. Yeah. I, I think that's, uh, that's one of those simple, not easy, but big time. There's a few things I want to unpack, but I think we're going to get to them. Well, before we dive in specifically to fear, we need to know what's not fear. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people will express things that I believe are fearful, but they're like, I'm just, I'm just using caution. I'm just using wisdom. So you've talked about this before, G, but I think it's worth defining a little bit more. Yeah. Like, how do you differentiate between caution and fear? Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a scale from, uh, there's fear, there's caution, there's wisdom on mm-hmm. that scale, there's respect on that scale, right? Like, I don't yeah, have a, good. I don't have a fear of grizzly bears. However, I respect a grizzly bear. Mm-hmm. And um, out of wisdom, I, if I see a grizzly bear, I'm not going to like walk up to it and try to give it a high five. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm going to ke- respectfully keep my space. And if I'm hunting a grizzly bear, that grizzly bear ideally is never going to know that I was there. Right. Right. So that's like. That's a simple example of like fearing grizzly bears versus just having a respect for them. And you can put a lot of things in that mm. place in that category of like, okay, do I really need to fear this thing? Because to, and, and we'll get into the definition of fear here in a second, mm, that's good. but is it something that I like need to turn and run from, or is it more so that I just need to be aware of respect it, give it space. Mm. I think the interesting thing is a grizzly bear is actually, you know, you can look at the characteristics and have plenty of mountains of evidence of why you should have a healthy respect for it. But to be sitting there terrified in your bed or when you're walking through the woods to be like, constantly on edge like what if a grizzly bear just comes out and eats me that's ridiculous right that's rob it's robbing you of having the hike that you wanted to go on exactly should you should you be aware like do you need to be paying attention do you need to not you know bring things into the woods that attract bears to you yes yeah yes that's wisdom that's caution that's concern it's respect for the bear respect for the environment but it's not fear right no that's good i'm glad you said that well Let's define fear then, because I think people will see the difference between this, because there's some very key characteristics to fear. I just want to give one more thought to that. Okay. Um, Just on like the, well, people say, well, like, I just don't want to get eaten by a grizzly bear, so I'm not going to go in there. Yes. There's a level of irrationality to that. Big time. Would, um, you know, think about going into a, again, this is just some about like, there's things that you don't know that you should know that'll help you make those decisions. Like you're walking through the national park. It's like, how many bears are there per square mile? It's like one bear per two and a half square miles. Right. Right. So what are the chances of you running into that bear? Extremely low. Right. So, you know, that's different than having it low. I don't want to get into a zoo cage with a bear. Yeah. Right. You're 100% you're going to have a bear encounter. Yeah. Right. So is that unlikely situation, plus I have deterrence, plus I'm prepared and all of those things. Do I want that to keep me from having the experience of getting to walk through the national park? Yeah. Right. And that's, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to some of these things later, but that's where a fear would rob you of a great experience. You know what, it, where it used to rob me that was legit that you'll be able to relate to having lived in San Diego? Sharks in, in the water. For sure. I, I used to like psych myself out um, when I would surf and I would eventually just. Here, here's the way I would, exp- I explain it to people like flip, flip the situation with, with sharks, right? Cause I spent a ton of time in the water in San Diego with the sharks and I had this, uh, <laughs> I had this one buddy, my friend who was a lightning rod, he would always joke about like on the swims, he hated the swim so much that he was praying for the shark to eat him. <laughs> Cause he's like, I can get out of this, but I didn't have to quit. Right. <laughs> Still died with honor. Hey, well um, done. But like, say they spotted a shark, you know, the helicopter spots a shark in La Jolla and you want to get eaten by that shark. You couldn't make it happen. Hmm. 
Yeah. You, you're not going to find him. Right. Like what, like even if you, okay, he was recently spotted here. You think you can get out there in the ocean and find that shark? No, you can't. Yeah. Right. So even if like it was your goal to get eaten by a shark, you would have a very hard time doing it unless you like start covering yourself in blood. But even then that shark can be on, on the trail of something else. Yeah. There's yeah. So, and, and they're sighted so infrequently. Yes, they do see them, but they're sighted so infrequently. Like you have better odds of winning the lottery than getting bitten, getting yeah. killed by a shark. No, you actually do. And that's, so I, you're seeing some of these fears and you might be like, Oh, that's me. You know, maybe, maybe you don't like to swim in the ocean because you can't see what's around you or whatever it may be. That's illogical fear. It right? is. If, you, if your greatest fear, why are you afraid of sharks? Cause you're afraid of dying. Right. right. Okay. But that's not logical because if you were afraid of dying, you would never drive a car. Right. Right. Yeah, the most likely statistics. thing to kill any of us yeah. is an automobile accident. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly it. It's, it. They're super rational. So let's go to the definition where we went to your beloved Noah Webster's 1828 as always. Um, and if, he, by the way, for everybody, if you've never looked at Noah Webster's 1828, don't know what it is, I would encourage you to buy one. Yeah, it's amazing. Buy a physical copy of Noah Webster's 1828. It's special because in, in, the, in the, the introduction and the foreword of that book, Noah Webster talks about the power of language yeah. and how lexicon really controls our world and the power of why words have meaning. And I also love that Noah Webster, he relates a lot of that to the Bible. And yeah, talks about time. how the Bible is so powerful because it's language and it's a language of truth. And so we need to understand what our words mean. Yeah. And that's, that's something we do on this podcast, which we haven't really ever talked about. And I bet we'll probably do an episode at some point in the yeah, future we on words and the power of words. Uh, but if you, if you ever want to look up definitions, you can also look at No Webster's 1828 online. But I would encourage you to buy a physical copy. It's like a giant physical reminder of how big the English language is and yeah. how powerful it is, but also for the forward and introduction that Noah Webster wrote on the English language. And it'll impress your friends. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're sat there reading the intro to a dictionary when they come over, they're like, whoa, this guy, uh, I think of White Goodman from, from Dodgeball. <laughs> I like to break a mental switch. I like to break a mental switch. <laughs> so anyways, so our beloved friend Noah Webster defined fear in many ways, but this is the one that we felt really grasped it. Uh, it was feel a painful apprehension of impending harm. So you, yep, feel, feel a painful feeling Yes, of you think harm is coming. So you're already feeling pain of an imagined, yes. of an imagined future. And so maybe you think that you're not afraid. You right. don't have fears in your life. I would, I would give you this picture or this definition or this lens of looking at fear and trying to narrow in on maybe having fears in your life. What's a, and this, so this is a question I would ask you, what's a future that you've imagined? What's a future that you've thought of? That's bad. And you found yourself thinking about that future many times, mm. right? This is a future of, and, it, and it's going to be related to issues that you're having in your life, mm, right? So like, yeah. you, you know, maybe you are like in a back and forth in your marriage and you don't know uh, how that's going to go. And so you think about what that's going to be like when you're divorced, like mm -hmm. you're afraid of that or you're struggling in your business and you're thinking about what am I going to do when, you know, my business fails? What am yep. I going to say to people? How am I going to X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. right? But you have, there's an imagined future that's a bad future that you've thought about. And it's probably the, the uh, negative imagined future that you spent the most time thinking about. Yeah. Those are related to fears that you have. Yeah. I, I, and I, I'm so glad that you redefined it that way. Because what we were talking about with the shark in the water, that was 100% it. I'm out there floating around. Like, and I got, the way I would get rid of that is I would just say, if this shark's going to attack me, I'm never going to see it coming yeah, anyway. So I might as well who, enjoy it. People who have a fear of sharks, like hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully they're not like sitting on land. 
thinking about being yeah. eaten by sharks, but you take those people to the ocean and they watch their friends run into the ocean and they, f- they feel it. They start to walk into the ocean and they're imagining yep. the shark eating them, right? That's, that is fear. You have this imagined future that yes. hasn't happened, but it's a, a, a bad thing that you think is going to happen to you. Yeah. And, and think, I mean, just think about that. That that's the biggest thing. That question that you asked, is this a future? I think people will do this all day and this is, what I, this is why I said everybody is battling this. And I'm not, I'm not excusing us from that either. But you'll sit there. I mean, it can be in small things like, oh, if I said this, what if they did? Th-? You know what I mean? It's that kind of little simple if-then process, which there's a level of wisdom that you need to be aware of your words and how you present yourself. But then there's a whole other thing that's tied to who you, how you view yourself of like, you know, if your thought process is like, oh, if I said this, oh, what if they thought, oh, they think I'm so stupid. Like, I remember going out, a uh, little insight into my head. When I walk into a room... I spend zero time thinking about what the people in there are thinking about me because I just don't think people really care enough to really look over and, you know, think about me. I remember going out with a friend who was very insecure and she told me that when she goes into a room, that's all she's thinking about. Wow. Which think about the, and she, and I'll, I'll, you know, I I won't name her, but she definitely had a lot of um, difficulties and things that she had to seek help for because that was her mental state. Like fear is the biggest robber. Like we said, the number one limiter on your life, your potential and your purpose. And it will rob you all day, every day if you let it. I think it's interesting how much of fear is learned. Yes. Right? Okay. Say the internet and discovery channel didn't exist. How many people would have a fear of sharks? Right. How many people have ever even seen someone get eaten by a shark? Right. Or if you're not, if you're not, you know, in the Navy or a fisherman, you've probably never even seen sharks. Yeah. Like how many sharks have you seen in person, Nick? Uh, I've seen a couple when I was scuba diving and you know what? They didn't care about me. Right. Yeah. Right. Like if you, from, from your actual real life experience with sharks, do you have any reason to be afraid of sharks? No, the, the closest thing I've seen to a shark attack, if you remember is when Mick Fanning, the Australian surfer punched one in the face and got away, scot free, <laughs> but like jaws came out yeah. and like you have these recreations, but even the recreations are ridiculous because they don't have real footage. You're right. right. So what I'm saying is so much fear. Yeah is learned yes right it's it's not even actual it's not even from real experience yeah i feel like this is like my shark therapy session so thanks for <laughs> you guys all, i just well whatever yeah. um you know we're we're calling out the shark fear yeah. as an illogical fear because likelihood is low not worth being afraid of shouldn't rob you from the experience of the ocean mm-hmm. right but we have fears that are like that yes. in our life that learned right it's not even from our own experience but something that we saw something that was said to us and it's, it's completely changed our thought processes and our imagined future in a certain world. Yeah. No, I, I, so the, I, I love that, man. I'm so glad that you, you focused in on that. You said something. So we've talked about the definition of it, and one of the key characteristics is, is that it's always future-based. Well, you said something the other week in Mighty Men, uh, which is our men's group, if this is your first time listening. Uh, Garrett and I both attend Elevate Life Church. Come see us on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we'll be there. Um, but like you said something, because Garrett preaches every week, and you said that if you feel fear in any area of your life, it's because you have your, you put your faith in the wrong place. Yeah, that's true. And I'm talking about like real fear. I'm yeah. not talking about like illogical shark fear. That's, right. that's a type of phobia that is very different than fear. Yes. I'm talking about the fear of like, I'm not going to have enough money. The fear of, you know, my marriage isn't going to work out like some real mm-hmm. actual like fears in your life of my life's not going to go in the right direction. Those fears come from you not having the faith and truly from not having faith in God. Mm-hmm. When you have faith in God and this, if you don't, if you don't have a relationship with God, this is nonsense to you. Yeah. Right. So you, you're, if, if that's not you, 
this isn't going to make very much sense to you. But if you have a relationship with God, you understand that he knows you, he has a plan for your life, that he is sovereign overall, and he's in control of everything. And also, whatever happens to you in your life, he can and will use it for good. If you mm-hmm. love him, if you want what he wants, right? And, and I could go on and on, but this deep understanding of having a relationship with God, who is your father, who does want uh, meaning and purpose for your life, if you understand him, you don't have to be afraid of anything. Why? Because if you want what he wants, you know that you don't need, like you don't need mm-hmm. to be afraid of not God not having what God wants. Yeah. Right? The future that God wants to happen is going to happen. It's already been written. We already know mm-hmm. what the end is. Right? So, but when your faith is not in God, when your faith is in yourself, when your faith is in your ability to control things, right? When your faith is in, like if you're, if you're having fears around your business, right? Like I'm afraid that, you know, my, I'm not going to be able to, like my business is going to fail this year. I'm not going to have sales, blah, blah, blah. Like if those are your fears, that's also because your faith is in all all that you're capable of. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And that's a great example. And I think that that's probably my shark one was obviously a ridiculous example, but that, that is, I think where most people are, 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 are at. And it is a it is a hard thing to even so so just to connect the two yeah whatever that negative imagined future that you've spent a lot of time like that's been in your mind a lot what's what's the thing that you have faith in that you should have faith in God about yeah and and let me tell you how to start, how to get your faith back in God if it is in yourself we the Bible says that we have to stir up right we have to stir up the gift and I think we have to stir up our faith as well and the way the way to do that is if you if you are a follower of Jesus there is 100% things in your in your life and times in your life whenever you've had things happen that either you can't explain or you could explain and you just knew it was God working on your behalf and but how often do you go back and revisit those things because when you go back if you're feeling fear about money and you go back and think about a time when God provided man I'll tell you what you start going back and you're like hey he did it before like he can do it again and you can go back and over and over and over again and stir up your faith to get rid of these fears and uh, these irrational fears that are playing out on your mind. So just want to encourage everybody to do that. Um, now, one of the things as well for, for fear is there's some very specific effects and fortunately, gee, they spend a lot of time in the seals making sure that you guys were very aware of these effects and how to deal with them. Yeah. So fear comes from like, there's actually a, an understandable uh, cause of fear in our brains. They come from a part of our brains called the amygdala, which is like the survival portion of our brain. It's also uh, this survival portion of our brain is connected to memory, mm-hmm. right? It writes memories that you won't forget, right? Whether it's a car accident or seeing someone die or like you experience, like you had an encounter with a bear yes, yeah. or a shark, right? Like where you almost got eaten. You'll never forget those moments, right? And you felt a lot of fear in that moment. And it was kind of like it created a strong memory for you. What's happening is the part of your brain, which is fight or flight, mm-hmm. which is the amygdala, um, is taking over your brain. And you're not thinking logically. Your brain is thinking survive. Mm-hmm. And I need to either fight or run. Adrenaline's going to start pumping. Um, again, your, your, your brain's memory maker of to like to memorize what's happening goes into like overdrive. All of these things start happening when you feel situations that make you feel fear. And this is called amygdala hijack. What they would teach us in the military is that the amygdala, it's a part of our brain for basically when we're unprepared, right? right. If, if we're That's prepared, mm. if we're prepared for a situation, the amygdala won't serve us, mm. right? If you were, like say you, let's just keep using the grizzly bear, right? If you were prepared and equipped for fighting the grizzly bear and you had thought about this beforehand, when you come into this time that you're in the arena, 
for the grizzly bear, you don't want your adrenaline pumping. You don't want your lack of a logical center happening. What you do want to be is in the, the reasoning and decision-making part of your brain, not the fight or flight part of your brain. You also lose when you're in amygdala hijack, you use lose function of like your digits, Mm. your fingers, like your fingers don't work very well. Like all these strange things happen to you in amygdala hijack. And they would teach us this and teach us how to overcome amygdala hijack because there's a lot of times you are feeling fear. It's like, okay, I've got to, how do I overwrite my biology in this moment? Mm. Man, I love that you pointed out that it's there only for things you're not prepared for because- Right, yeah, because I mean, if you're unprepared, haven't, you know, the amygdala is going to help you survive better than you would just on your own, right? Because it's going to make you react really quickly and that adrenaline is going to happen. However, if I want to be, like there's a level of control that you have that's better than what your amygdala can do. Yes. Basically, and like it's a very simple set of code, yeah. right? But you can, if you're prepared, can outperform your amygdala. Right. And so when you are prepared, you need to know that the amygdala will try to turn itself back on and you need to know how to turn it off. Yeah, and that's such an interesting... Um, in, that, I think that that's like the ultimate definition of fear right there, or the ultimate effect or symptom of fear. It's like, yeah, it's going to keep you alive, but you're going to be a lot less than you could be. Yeah. And so there's like, there's, we won't go into like the deep of it and I'm not a doctor, but there's like negative biological effects that happen be because of that amygdala hijack. But what happens to us today is people don't, people don't really have the use for it the way that they did in the past. Right. Like people aren't having, unless you're in the national park, people aren't having encounters with bears. People aren't having uh, encounters with life or death situations where the amygdala is relevant other than a car accident. Yeah. Right. And it's not super relevant in those situations either. Like it is a life or death accident, but the amygdala hijack doesn't really serve you. And so we need to be able to overwrite that or move past it. Yeah. No, that's good, man. I'm glad I appreciate you going into this, the science of that a little bit. So, so basically what we're saying to you is that fear is a lie. Like there's that great quote by Mark Twain. I spent, <laughs> I've spent a great in my life. I've known a great many fears, most of which never came true. And I, I, I think that's so important. And let's, let's think about this. Like, you could go down right now and think of an individual fear in your life. Like, I mean, I said the shark thing. Guess what, dude? I spent hundreds of hours, if not thousands, surfing in my life. I never even saw a shark, to your yep. point. But how many times did I have my enjoyment robbed because of it? Lots, which is stupid. And there's plenty of other ones. I could do that personally. But you, start, about- you start imagining, like, you're paddling in and yeah. the shark's behind you. Yeah. Like, I'm going to get you. Oh, I'm looking back. Oh, was that something in the water? It's, there's always stuff glimmering in the water. It's, yeah. it's just ridiculous. But anyways... Let's look at things, not for people that like live in Idaho their whole life. They're like, bro, we don't surf. Um, but like for people, everyone can relate to this depending on, on how old you are. Well, we don't surf anymore either. We so. don't. Yeah. In my head, I do, man. Uh, why, same. Y2K? We don't, we don't have a sad sound, but for a sad sound. All right, dude. I got to edit that in there. Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, Y2K, anybody? World was going to end. We got through it. 2008, global recession. Got through it. A lot of people did actually really well out of it. 2020, global pandemic. Here we are. We talked about it. You know, a lot of mental health, a lot of fear. You know, and, th- and there's, there's always things that you can point to. But here we are right now. It, uh, at the time of recording, the is S- SVB. Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, the, the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. Just one of the biggest banks in America. Yeah. Now, not relevant to most people because they banked with a small select uh, group of people out of Mountain View, uh, a lot of venture funds, but Silicon Valley Bank one of the 10 biggest banks in the country crashed. Yeah. So, so ask yourself this, do you want to start getting future based and have your amygdala take over? So you start losing you know what else, you your know, best happened this year. We, we crossed the threshold that Greta Thunberg said was, you know, the world's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. 2018, she said, uh, in 2023, like, 
you know, a extreme climate disaster, everyone's going to die. Right. Well, <laughs> hey, it's only March, G. Okay. But, <laughs> you know, but like, the, I hope you guys are seeing the point. These are all things that we, these are big global events that all had huge stories of fear and none of which came true. Like Mark Twain, like Mark Twain said. Now, I know some people will probably argue that about COVID. Or they'll argue that about 2008. Were there, was there more adversity, more difficulty? Oh, hundred percent. But was it the, was it what they laid out? I'm sure. I'm sure we have people who listen to this podcast that had a you know a friend or yeah. a relative die from COVID. Yeah, and we definitely we don't want to be disrespectful to that. But but the at the outset of it, the amount of uncertainty and some of the portraits that were being portrayed that this was like going to change the face of the earth. The, the point is, is an outsized level of fear. In, yes. in accordance with the activity. Yeah, and that's the point we're making. You you have to when you start to know fear and you are able to recognize it you'll start to apply that filter if it's future-based and you'll start to realize this is lying to me and it's robbing me of abilities that I have that will actually enable me to overcome this the way that I want to. Like you talked about in your amygdala example, if your fingers aren't working and you're a Navy SEAL in close quarters combat, that's a problem, right? And while most people listening to this will never experience that, that, you know, there's other areas in your life where you don't want to be losing what would be the equivalent of, you know, your fingers. You don't want to lose your best, uh, your best capabilities and abilities whenever you're in a situation when you need them. So, so these, it, the same thing happens, like the amygdala hap, hijack happens on a micro scale, like a short amount, a short, short time period, like seconds and minutes. But uh, it, we actually also experience it in a longer time. Like, okay, you, you're having fears about your business. You're having fears about your family. You're having fears about your marriage. It also degrades your performance, Mm. right? When, when all, when you spend all of your time thinking about how your business is going to fail, right? Of course, it's an op, that's an option for anybody. Like some of the biggest companies in the world and look at them in history, like, you know, companies that were the biggest company in the world, they fail, right? Like businesses fail, right? You don't need to think about, spend all your time thinking about how your business is going to fail. You spend your time thinking about how your business is going to succeed. Yes. But if you are so concerned with fear all of the time, you're going to be, it's like amygdala hijack. You're going to be in low performance, which is perpetuating you closer to actually failing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the Henry Ford. Like, like we talked about back, uh, you know, at the end of 22, we were talking about 2023 yes. and it's still true for some people. This is going to be the best year that they ever had. Yes. And it's not the people who spent all their time being afraid of this year. 100%, man. I love that. Well, we want to uh, head towards the landing. Uh, and as we bring it in, I, we want to identify three. We talked about this. And you know, there's some fears that are very common. I listed the top 10 phobias. But Garrett, in his, uh, it's kind of amazing how he'll do this when we're prepping. He just like categorized all these fears into three simple categories. And I started trying to think of if there was things that didn't fit in there. And I, I think he pretty much nailed it. So, <laughs> you know, shout out to Garrett. That was pretty impressive. So there's three areas where really you can categorize all your fears will fall into this. And we're going to go through them. Pay attention because like we said, you need to know your fear before you can eliminate it. Put your, take that imagined future and put it in one of these categories. Exactly. The very first one is life and death. That life and death category, and that showed up in the phobias, pain, uh, you know, loved one falls seriously ill, someone I love dies. For a lot of people, you know, the health thing, the mortality yep. is a yep. big one. But, but even less than that, a lot of people, it's just pain at all, right? Like, oh, what if, what if I fell and broke my arm? It's like, well, you know. Speaking, while we're on health, I just want to bring something up. There was something I, I had in my mind that I wanted to say earlier, but I didn't, so I'll bring it up now just around like kind of a health analogy yeah. related to fear is if like if you're sick all of the time, and like truly like if you're sick you've always got like a cold or you know the flu or whatever if you've always got sickness going on and you get like another sickness like you get like a rash on your skin or something like that doesn't really stand out to you that much right right you're used you're accustomed to it however if you're like super super healthy 
right? Like you're into all the biohacking you, you sleep and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, uh, patronizing this because a lot of, I live a lot of this way, but you, you set you have really good sleep patterns. You eat extremely healthy food. You do all those things like you do IVs. Like I do a lot of this stuff, peptides, everything I can to like be really healthy. Yeah. Something like yeah, I get like a weird, just like just get a bump on my skin. And I'm like, Hey, what's going on there? Right. But this is not, that doesn't appear healthy. That's not normal. The more, the healthier you are, the more abnormal health will stand out to you. Mm. And it's the same thing with fear. Like That's if good. you're used to fear, like if you live in a world of fear, new fears are added to you and you don't even feel it. Man, that's right. Good. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, if you live in a world without fear right, and one of the best ways to live the best way for sure to live in a world without fear is through a close relationship with God and putting yes. your faith in him. When fe- if you live that way, when fears like get assigned to you, when you find a fear in your backpack, metaphorically, you're like, Hey, this isn't mine. Yeah. Hear, hear what Garrett said. I'm so glad you brought that up. G the, 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 the nature of fear that we're describing here, one, that's the, it's deceptive as well. And for a lot of people, if you had the fears that your parents had bred into you from a young age, you don't know any different. So when he's talking about like if you're sick all the time, you're, you, you start to not notice it because it's just such a common way of life. That, that is the fear. For some people, you've had fear since you were young, and you need to step back and apply some of these filters we're giving to identify them. I was in a mastermind a few weeks ago. And one of the guys in there was talking about like, you know, his, he has a healthy marriage and has to work a lot on that. But he was talking about how he came from a town where like 75% of people are divorced. Wow. It was like, it was, I can't remember what state. It was a, it was a Southern state. It was a small state. Uh, I mean, he came from a small town in a Southern state where like 75, it was, it was that high. Like 75% wow. of people are divorced. Yeah. The poverty rate was really high. All of that. He's like, that's all I knew. It's the same thing, right? If you come from that mm-hmm. or you just live, you don't even have to come from fear, but you've grown accustomed to fear. You live there all the time. You won't feel it. Or you want like potentially you won't feel it when these mm-hmm. new fears uh, grab on grab a hold of you, but if you're healthy, you will. And so that's part of what you need to be thinking about with what why why we're helping you identify fears. You might not you might be feeling fear and not know it. Yes, you might be you might have a cold and you have you have other fears that are also just a bump on the back of your arm yep. because you're so used to being sick that you don't feel these fears in your life. So go through what we're talking about to try and identify them. Yeah, big time. I love that. Uh, category number two was resources. And so, okay, so re- recap real quick. So we, we jumped back. Yeah, come, we did. Come back forward. So we're talking about the, the, there's basically all your fears will fall into one of these three categories. And we're giving you these categories for a reason because as we go through these this three-part series, we're going to keep coming back to these categories. So the first one was life and death, you know, health, pain, loved ones, you know, that type of thing. That's, you know, you could even relate that to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's the lower two levels of physiological and yeah, safety. And so... We'll, we'll reference Maslow's hierarchy here. So just to paint the picture for you guys, Maslow's hierarchy, there's five levels, right? And you move up the, you move up the, the hierarchy or up the pyramid as if you have the, the picture of it. At the bottom is physio, uh, physiology, which is like food, warmth, water, right? Like these things that you need. If you don't get these, you're going to die pretty quickly. Uh, moving up is like physical safety. This is, you know, Back in the day, it was just having a cave to sleep in and having like some level of physical protection to protect you from animals. Today, the way that relates is like having a, having a place to sleep, being able to you know afford a mortgage payment. Yeah, right. Like that's a part of our safety. Moving up from there is love and belonging. These are relationships in our life. Like people care about me. Um, what's interesting about all of these first four, and I'll give the the fourth one here in a second, is that if you don't have them, it's all that you want, right? Yeah. If you if you don't have if you don't have food you don't have water yeah. you're not focused on love and belonging right you're focused on i gotta get some food 
so that I cannot die in a short amount of time. I, I got to get, if you haven't drank water in a day and a half, yeah. you're not thinking about relationships. Yeah. Right. Time. Um, so it starts from there and then it goes up to love and belonging, which is, you know, relationships and feeling loved. And then the fourth level is esteem, which is like, this is respect. People look up to me. I'm accomplished. Those things. Right. And again, as you go up, you, you get things and you go up to the next level. The fifth level is self-actualization, which is really like living in your purpose. What's so interesting uh, about this, and then we'll, we'll jump back to the three categories, is the first four sections of the hierarchy, the more you get of them, the less you want them. Right. And, and by the way, as a reminder, the reason that we're talking about this is because fears fall into these, ca- these categories yeah. of physio- physiology, safety, um, love and belonging, esteem, self-actualization. The fears fall into one of these categories. But what's so interesting is in these, the first four categories, the more you get of them, the less you chase after them. But in the last category of self-actualization, which is living in your meaning and purpose, the more you get of it, the more you want it. Mm. And you'll find people who are living in that zone because you feel you, you see them and they just continually grow. They continually like press into the calling of their life and they're not worn out or exhausted by that. And you also don't see those people plateau Mm. because like if you're living, if you don't ever find your way into the self actualization category and you plat, you stop at esteem, like you keep getting more and more esteem and you find that you just don't want any more of that. And you have everything else beneath that. You don't have anything to push you to your next level. Yeah, that's good. G. But um, yeah. again, the we brought up Maslow's hierarchy because fears fall into those categories somewhere. Yeah, and the, and the three categories that we had, like we said, number one was life and death, and number two was resources. So you can see how that falls into that that hierarchy that you just uh, said, and it fell into the phobias we mentioned, right? Like finances, food, water. Like these are big common fears, and once again, future based, right? Like what if we run out of water? Okay, like you know, I, they they've had that story around since I was a very little kid. Mm-hmm. Just like they had the story of we're not going to be able to you know know what to do with trash. Like we were, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid, I remember them talking to us about recycling. Like if we don't all recycle, the world's going to come to an end because we can't handle the amount of trash we're creating. They've also been talking about um, like the world being too populated. Yeah, since the fifties. Yes, um, and they're like, man, in twenty years, there's gonna be too many people. Well, you know what? Also happens along with population is technology yeah and we get time. we get smarter <laughs> yeah it's the old it's our it's our favorite quote the, the 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 problem with the with pessimism is that no one knows enough to be a pessimist right, right. and it makes so much sense the very last flavor or, or as we're calling them flavor but uh, category is meaning and purpose now meaning and purpose may not seem like one but when we were talking about this i want to highlight this one especially because you probably won't think of it as fear if you're a person that has a great deal of insecurities you are being dictated to by fear. You probably won't call it fear. You'll probably have a great reason for your insecurities. You'll probably be looking for validation, which is a very, very common thing amongst men, uh, in that, especially uh, looking for validation. You won't call that fear, but that really is, you're playing out scenarios where you're not enough or you're inadequate. Insecurity is going to fit somewhere in the category of love and belonging. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I have insecurity around like, you know, my spouse or relationships in my life that they seem, you know, I'm never going to be good enough for them or they don't really want to be around me. Like that's insecurity or the way that you see yourself, that's insecurity, esteem, your ability to like, 
um, have a level of success and significance and respect. Like I'm not, you know, that's a type of insecurity. Like I'm not worth respecting. No one would ever look at me that way or in the self-actualization category of like what your life is supposed to be about. And, and you're insecure to the level that I don't feel like I'm good enough to have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And everybody deals with that. Like imposter syndrome is, is a thing out there for a reason. So, and those come from a different type of negative experience that like standing in front of a grizzly bear, thinking that I have no control and I'm about to get killed by this grizzly bear makes you feel very small. Mm-hmm. And there's things that make us feel small in a different way. Yeah. Not that our life would end, but that our life didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's it. And that's a different type of fear. And that's what a lot of insecurity is. Right. If you have an insecurity around like people don't really want to be with me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just as powerful on your life of a fear of of. A, you know, if you're swimming in the ocean and having a fear of sharks while you're in the ocean, that's going to have a, a, a big hole on your life. Or when you're around people, you feel like people don't really want to be around me and I'm not good enough for them. You're living in a world that is causing you lots of pain and is going to keep you from being who you're called to be in that situation. You can't actually uh, accomplish what you want to accomplish there. Yeah, that's so good. So guys, we are going to wrap now and give you a challenge just to review those three categories for, for fear where life and death resources and meaning and purpose. And we, we wanted to be specific about these. This is a different episode because normally we tell you how to solve things where we give you some handles. Uh, and that's why we're doing this in three parts because it, we feel like this, this process of knowing your fear, I don't think I ever gave people the four steps. It's know your fear, understand what your fear is costing you, despise your fear, take massive action. We're going to go more into the additional steps uh, next week and the week after. But so, you, so next, next episode is going to be part, step two and step three. Yes. And then the third part of this three-part series is going to be how to take massive action yeah. over your fear. And the reason we're doing this is because th- we, we stressed it at the beginning, can't overstress it, how important it is to get fear out of your life. And you may be like, oh, that's impossible. I'm always going to have fear. No, you can. You can get fear out of your life. You can become aware of it and train yourself out of it. Believe it's not, it. It's not what the Word of God says. Exactly. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? So it is a spirit. You can get it out of your we'll, life. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes. We too. definitely will. But what we're hoping is that you've kind, you've hopefully had some light bulbs. Hopefully this has been the kind of episode that exposes some blind spots in your thinking, and you go, man, I do that all the time. I let my mind run Wait, away with me all the time. This, this, is for every, like, this is for everybody. We all need to have some conscious awareness yes. around what are these negative imagined futures that I have? Where is that coming from? Remove it and, and continue to take massive action into what my calling is into my greatness yes. because fear will keep you from those things. So you may be like doing well in your life and you're saying like you're doing well alongside fear that shows a great amount of strength and resilience that you have. However, you can do better and you can be the best version of yourself by moving past those fears. So everyone needs to take the opportunity, Nick and I included to assess ourselves. Yeah. What are the things that are fears in my life that I need to remove? Yeah. And for the record, I did do these steps in depth, spent a lot of time on them after we recorded the first episode, which is why I feel so passionate about this. So your, your job today, we're only going to give you one of the four steps at a time to do identify your favorite flavor of fear. And I'm saying favorite in air quotes, because <laughs> of course, but you need to identify the ones that pop up all the time. We talked about a lot of different fears on here. Pay attention. I would, I would add to this challenge to Write down and describe yeah, that's good. what that negative imagined future that's been such a part of your mind. Yeah. Write, write it down, what it is. Good. All right, well, we will see you guys next week where we will understand what fear is costing us and despise our fear. 
Thank you very much for listening, guys. Remember to share, like, subscribe. If you think that this would be something that someone would enjoy, please send it to them. We appreciate it all. If you want to get in touch, you can follow us on Instagram at The Impossible Life. You'll find us on there. You can also email at impossiblelifepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions, if you want to get in touch and find out about Garrett's personal or business coaching, that's the way to do it. Thank you again for listening. Go out there, think better, and live the impossible. See you again soon. Long before ice baths were a thing, Garrett was doing them in the SEAL teams. Now we do them as part of our daily morning routine to make us better. We are very pleased to have partnered with Freedom Plunge. Freedom Plunge is on a mission to bring cold exposure to everyone. They believe that cold plungers should be affordable, easy to use, and represent the customer themselves. Cold plunges shouldn't cost a fortune, and these ones don't. Garrett and I both use our Freedom Cold Plunge every single day. It's customized. You can put whatever you want on them. For us, we have our Impossible Life logos. And here's the best part. Just for listening to this podcast, you can go to freedomplunge.com, use the discount code IMPOSSIBLE, and save $500 off any Freedom Plunge. These things are half the price of the ones that you see on the internet, plus you're going to save an additional $500 with code IMPOSSIBLE. Go to freedomplunge.com and get yourself one now. You will not regret it.